Hey there, I'm Victoria, a certified Christian life coach, author, motivational speaker, and university educator, and I am obsessed with helping you navigate through life's ups and downs so that you can live day by day in God's peace despite the many external demands on your time and energy. The Choose to Think Inspirational podcast is about the delicate dance between God transforming you from the inside out and your personal responsibility for change, maturity, and refinement as a Christ follower. On the show, I'll help you connect the between your faith and your life in practical, meaningful ways while giving God room to do what only He can do and so that you can shine your light for Christ and be better equipped to serve your family and help others around you. You can change every area of your life one thought at a time. Welcome back to the Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast Brain Changer. Let's dive in. Emotional reasoning. This type of cognitive distortion or faulty thinking may be the most difficult to discern in some ways because it's based on feelings and emotions. In part seven of our Magnificent Monday series on cognitive distortions, we're going to take a deep dive into emotional reasoning. Admittedly, I've been a person who has been incredibly emotionally driven. My emotions and feelings were king of the show. Instead of using facts to make conclusions on various situations in my life, I based my reactions on my feelings instead. Let me tell you, this way to do life is extremely caustic, rancid, and harmful to both yourself and anybody else involved. It can be the root of anxiety and depression and lead to self-destructive behavior such as eating disorders, binge eating, and other addictions that tend to suppress negative feelings for the moment at least. If you're emotionally driven, you might make decisions based on those feelings and then you're really going to regret this later. So ask yourself, do you trust your emotions as the appropriate and supreme indicators to help you make decisions and take action in your life more than you objectively consider the facts? I'd be remiss to suggest that you ought to discount your feelings and emotions altogether. No, not at all. Jesus was emotionally expressive. David poured out his heart and soul in a beautiful book of poems and songs called the Psalms. In other words, we have biblical precedents to express our emotions. It's okay. We can do that. But what we're discussing today is not the proper or improper expression of your emotions and feelings, but rather how you might allow your feelings and emotions to guide your behavior and influence your decisions as well well as your thoughts and conclusions. You think something is true, but there is little to no empirical evidence to support your claim. So we're going to break this episode down into three parts. The first two parts will be delivered rather briefly. We're going to spend most of our time on the quote cure for emotional reasoning. So stay tuned to the very end to hear four action items that you can take, especially if you recognize that this faulty thinking may be hitting way too close to home. You're going to want to engage these tips so that you can become more stable emotionally as a result, and you'll develop a stronger sense of calm and peace and joy in each day. Take back your emotions so that you can make informed decisions for your future. Let me show you how. Okay, so first, what is emotional reasoning, complete with a few examples? Number two, what's the danger in this line of thinking? And then thirdly, what can you do about emotional reasoning from a biblical worldview? That Those are the elements that we're going to cover in today's show. 
First, what is emotional reasoning? According to a blog post titled The Lie of Emotional Reasoning, I feel it, so it must be true. The author states, quote, emotional reasoning is the condition of being so strongly influenced by your emotions that you assume that they indicate objective truth. Whatever you feel to be true is true without any conditions and without any need for supporting facts or evidence. This is often tied to negative emotions and mental states. For instance, a teenager who feels that they are stupid and ugly must actually be unintelligent and unattractive, end quote. Emotional reasoning claims commonly start with the two words, I know, and contain an I feel in the second clause. For example, I know my husband doesn't love me anymore because I feel unappreciated and unnoticed. I know this work project is going to fail because I'm feeling way too nervous about it. I know I've ruined the lives of my children because I feel like I'm a horrible mom. So in a nutshell, emotional reasoning is when you conclude that your emotions are reason enough for you to believe something. You make judgments or you reason in your mind based solely on your emotions and feelings. Okay, so number one, you now know what emotional reasoning is. Let's move to part two. What's the big deal anyway? What's the harm in engaging in this type of faulty thinking? Well, you heard it, me say it at the very beginning. This type of Thinking creates an unwarranted view of yourself, your situation, and of others. Often, these views are negative and overly critical. They're not based on facts, but they can cause you to dip into anxiety and depression. In some cases, they create a recipe for a self-fulfilling prophecy and, and an unhealthy negative feedback loop in your mind and brain where your fears become reality and the cycle simply continues. Sometimes you may even be so emotionally driven that you work yourself into a full-blown anxiety attack. In order to cope with the negative self-assessments, some individuals turn to harmful escapes like overeating, binge eating, addictions, and isolation. Emotional reasoning is a joy zapper. So now that we know what emotional reasoning is and what it can literally do to you in your life, let's move to part three. And this is where we're going to camp out a little bit more. What's the remedy? How can you deal with emotional reasoning? I'm going to give you a few tips here, four of them all together. So number one, show self-control with your emotions instead of letting your emotions control yourself. The Bible says in Proverbs 16, 32, patience is better than power and controlling one's emotions than capturing a city. Wow. This verse tells you that controlling your emotions will be extremely rewarding as a Christ follower. Having power and capturing a city are difficult and fulfilling, but having patience and controlling your emotions are far superior. Okay, and this absolutely begs the question, how on earth do you control your emotions? Okay, I'm going to give you a few tips on controlling your emotions here. I've got about five of them. So this is like five ways to control your emotions. And again, we're talking about tips to overcome 
this emotional reasoning, faulty thinking that we're in. So if you can kind of see an outline in your mind, you're going to see four overarching tips, but nestled within tip number one, which is show self-control with your emotions instead of letting them control you. I'm going to tell you how to control your emotions. Okay. And I'm going to give you about six tip, five or six tips in there. So here we go. Controlling your emotions. How do you do it? Number one, you got to first identify and label them. Some of the more common emotions are joy, fear, sadness, disgust, or anger. Now, the last four, those are otherwise kind of negative fear, sadness, disgust, or anger, disgust, or anger. That's where you're probably going to want to definitely identify those. Examine, identify your feelings, especially these otherwise extreme emotions. You can't control what you've not identified or labeled in this case. So start noticing your feelings. And you can just ask yourself, what am I feeling right now? You can even go so far as to rank the intensity of the emotion that you're feeling. You can say, one, I'm barely feeling it, and five, I'm really feeling it. Why not try keeping an emotions journal to track how you're feeling each day and begin to notice any patterns that you have. Pay attention to any trigger points or those scenarios that really get your goat. Try labeling your emotions as hot or cold in regard to their extremity. For example, you may be the most easygoing driver known to man. Are you raising your hand there? I would actually be raising my hand on this one. Nothing rattles you when you get behind the wheel. Someone might cut you off, not use a blinker, squeeze it in front of you where there's no room in a long line of traffic. Maybe they stall at a green light, not going as fast as you'd like when they get the green, or they might even kind of whiz in there and get your parking spot, but it doesn't matter to you. You remain cool as a cucumber. This scenario for you and the companion, very mild emotions that go along with it are what you could call cold. C-O-L-D, cold. You don't get up in arms over it in the least. You just go on your way. Cold emotions are relatively easy to manage and control. So that's a cold scenario for me. And I have very mild emotions as a result. But what about those hot emotions? Now we're going to get down to it. Playing pickleball or any competitive sport, on the other hand, is a scenario that you'd label as hot. In this situation, when you make one unforced error after another, let's just say your blood starts to boil. You get mad at yourself. The identified emotions are anger and frustration, and they cause you to think or to reason that you're a bad partner, that your partner doesn't enjoy playing with you, and that you might as well quit the sport altogether. And so you're in the middle of the game, and you're feeling all these the intensity of these hot emotions, and suddenly you think you just start hit missing the shots. You hit them into the net. You hit the balls out. You're, you've got a scowl on your face and you're so disgruntled. Do you see how you're basing your actions? Your behavior is based on emotions in that case. Do you, do you guys think you're, I'm talking about myself here? <laughs> of course I am. Oh my goodness. It's pickleball again, probably for the rest of my life. As long as the Lord would have me podcast, I'm going to be talking about pickleball. <laughs> Someone even stopped us at church last, last Sunday and said, Hey, I have you on my, he, he raised up his phone app and he says, Hey there, Victoria and Jim, I've got, got you right here. I, I see you every time I open my phone, there's your podcast right there playing. And you're always talking about pickleball. <laughs> like, yeah. Be, why? Because, oh my goodness, pickleball gives so many wonderful examples of, of, 
you know, we're challenging ourselves as we play and we're dealing with other people. And more than anything, I want to be Christ-like in my presentation. And I want to draw people to Christ, not to repel them. I don't want anybody to ever say, oh, she's a Christian and look at the way she plays pickleball. Oh my goodness. I feel like I'm on the spot there. So I, I, and I don't want to do it just for me. I want to do it because I truly want to shine the light of Christ. I truly want to be that person who plays pickleball just to have fun. I, I like to compete, but I think I like to win way too much. So I'm working on it. You know, I'm working on it and I'm not going to quit. God is doing something awesome in my life. And you may say, Hey, it's not pickleball for me. It's, you know, my kids, I have no patience. Okay. There's another issue. You would label impatience as a hot emotion for you. And it can cause you to conclude all sorts of things and make all sorts of judgments about you as a mom, for example. And that may inhibit you from doing certain things later in your life, or you may make decisions based on that. Or look at your marriage. If you conclude that your husband doesn't love you anymore, well, you may walk your hiney down to the divorce court, right? So we've got to be really mindful and careful about what we're thinking about and if we're allowing our emotions to get the best of us. So controlling hot emotions requires a bit more grit, especially on the spot as during a pickleball game, you know, or as you're parenting a child and the child is going berserk on you and throwing a tantrum and, and you have to respond to that and you want to do so in a way that's very self-controlled. And so we're talking about, well, okay, fine. We've labeled or identified the hot emotion, but now what? How do we actually control them? And this is where I'm going to give you just a few tips. You're going to ask God for help. I don't know of anything else that I do when I'm playing pickleball, when I'm dealing, when I'm in uncomfortable situations or dealing with disgruntled people or maybe have a student issue. I'm praying. I'm asking God to intervene. And you can do the same. That should be our number one go-to. It's Lord, please help me. Lord, please guide me. You can also rebuke the enemy of your soul because often we think other people are our issues, but in truth, they're not. The Bible is very clear that, that your battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against other human beings. We like to think it is, and we like to target people, and we like to blame people, but truly, that's not a biblical positioning to take. So if you figure out, even let's say within your marriage, you say, well, my husband's always doing this, 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 or you know, you get that that mm, 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 that angst between you, you can step a, take a step back and say, wait a minute, I forgot something something really important here. We, my husband and I are actually playing on the same team. We're on the same team. So how can we come together and discuss our problems, our issues, and the challenges we face as a couple so that we can then move forward together stronger and with God at the helm? It's a different position altogether to take. So make sure that when you're feeling your blood starting to boil, you take a quick step back and you say, whoa, I'm going to ask God for help. You're going to pray. You're going to ask God to intervene on your behalf. You're going to, you're going to invite the Holy Spirit to take the lead, to take the rein, to be the pilot here. You're just going to ride co-pilot. The Holy Spirit's job is to comfort you, especially when you're feeling discomfort or uncomfortable in a scenario. The Holy Spirit can bring in his comfort for you and his light and the guidance that you need so that you're not going to be emotionally driven, but rather you're going to be God or Holy Spirit driven instead. You're not going to go find ways to escape or find your own comfort, but instead you're going to allow the Spirit to comfort you 
you and bring that lasting, enduring pleasure that you really, really do want. Another option for you is you can start taking deep breaths. There's a lot of science on how breathing deeply, just like in through your nose and then out through your mouth and do that inhaling and exhaling in order to reduce the cortisol in your body and nothing more than that. This isn't like some meditative practice or Eastern kind of thing to do. This is just basic taking good care of your body by making sure that your lungs really fill up with good fresh air, hold that and then exhale that. And the, your cortisol, that hormone, the stress hormone that's racing through your body will actually reduce. It will decrease. So I do that when I'm on the pickleball court. I'm like, okay, I'm forgetting to breathe because when we get stressed and tensed up like that, when we get angry and frustrated, you know, you feel your shoulders go together and it's like you're walking on a cold day and you're all tensed up and, and you're having shallow breathing instead of deep breathing. So I practice that actually a lot because it helps one, it works wonders in the heat of the moment. Here's another thing you can do. You've heard the notion to count to five before responding. So you could give that a try, especially if you're angry. Don't let anything come out of your mouth except hold that thought, be silent, wait just a minute, collect your senses, collect your thoughts carefully because you want to speak wisely. Anything that you want to say, you want to make sure it's accurate, it's truthful, it's evidence-based, it's factual. You don't want to just let your emotions tell you the conclusions to an event or or what you what action you should take as a result of that so slow down count before you actually respond and then lastly you might identify the thoughts that are really bringing you down and then you can encourage your heart by rejecting any lies or faulty conclusions that you may be having as a result such as i'm a horrible spouse friend parent etc or this project is going to fail or my book will be a total flop in other words you're making those conclusions and judgments based on emotions and feelings without any real evidence to support those claims. So after you get your emotions under control and you have a good idea of what's really going on, now we move to step two, and that's to permit yourself to feel the feeling instead of running from it or allowing it to dictate your course of actions and conclusions. Again, number one is show self-control with your emotions instead of letting your emotions control yourself. And I gave you a few ways to do that. And then number two is to actually experience the feeling instead of running from it. Tell yourself, this too shall pass, or this feeling that I'm having at this moment, it's going to fade away. It won't last forever. Now, I know that it may be really uncomfortable, especially when the feeling is negative, like fear, sadness, disgust, or anger. I mean, who wants to camp out there? Nobody, right? We want to get away from those feelings because they, they tense us up. They make us so stressed or sad. So, you know, I've always said this to myself, if I can deliver a baby naturally, I can certainly pass through fear and anger without letting them get the best of me. In other words, think about a time in your life when you really mustered up a lot of courage, when you really have endured something very difficult, you hit it face on. I mean, you didn't run from it. You actually walk through it. Well, that's what you can do in this case. You can actually experience the emotion. So you feel sad. Maybe you're feeling lonely. Allow yourself to just 
kind of feel what that feels like and say, you know, I don't really like this emotion. I feel really lonely. It's not pleasant for me right now. I can think of a lot of other ways that I'd rather be feeling, but I'm just going to allow myself to sit with this emotion right now because I know my God will get me through it. I know this emotion or feeling is not going to last forever. Just like giving birth to a baby, the discomfort doesn't last forever. It's short lived. Same thing here with our feelings and emotions. You can get through them. In fact, the Bible even says that, isn't it that wonderful verse that says God walks with you through the fire and the flame. So whether you're in the water, I guess that, you know, the waters will not overtake you. He's walking with you through those the times of discomfort when you're feeling emotions that are negatively charged and they're very extreme and they're hot for you know that your Lord is with you. You can even call out to your heavenly father saying, Lord, I know your word tells me over and again, not to fear. Help me as I gain control over this emotion. I feel afraid Lord, but with your help, I can pass through this valley with you at the lead. Show me the way. May I find the enduring comfort that only your Holy Spirit can deliver. Okay, you get the picture here. Now commit to not making any decisions, judgments, or conclusions based on your feelings alone and even the discomfort that you may be experiencing. Recognize that your feelings are bits and pieces of information, but they're not the whole kit and caboodle. In other words, your feelings can be signposts for you or they can be indicators of what's going on on the inside, but they are not absolute and evidential truth, nor should they be used as your entire source of information. They are only a tiny bit of information. You've heard it said before in a worldly sense, just follow your heart, listen to your gut. Well, those are fairly dangerous ways to think after all. The Bible says that your heart is deceitful above all things. And don't listen to your gut. No, go directly to the Holy Spirit and allow God to comfort you and guide you. So you got the first two things that you can do to overcome emotional reasoning. Reasoning Number one, show self-control with your emotions instead of letting your emotions control yourself. Number two, experience the feeling instead of run from it. And number three, train your brain to look for objective facts. In other words, require yourself to produce facts, not fake assumptions and assessments. Put your thoughts to the test. You feel like your performance is lacking at work and that you're going to be fired any day now. Well, what proof do you have of that? Has anyone offered you feedback about your performance? How was your recent work review from your superior or your boss? If you do not have facts, try to dismiss the thought that you're going to be fired. Ask a trusted colleague for feedback. And you know what? So you miss a few pickleball shots. This doesn't make you a horrible player or partner. The average player makes about four unforced errors in each game anyway. So remind yourself of objective facts. You've only made two so far. You get the picture here? You're going to train your brain to look for the objective facts in any scenario. Put your emotions to the side and then go on a fact finding mission and ask God to help you. What is true in this situation? What is actually a fact? 
in this scenario. And the fourth tip is talk to someone about how you're feeling. And I would love to jump on a Zoom call with you to go over this or any type of faulty thinking. I'm a certified Christian life coach. And you know, sometimes having that external third-party perspective is extremely helpful when it comes to unraveling your stinking thinking, as Joyce Myers would say, would call it. If you're prone to more intense reactions like panic attacks or harmful behavior like eating disorders or other addictions, you'll surely want to seek professional counseling in that case, maybe not a life coach. But I'm here for women like myself, young or old, who just need a bit of encouragement and a fresh view on their lives. I can help you reframe your thoughts and process your emotions. Reach out to choose to think at gmail.com. And that's with the number two, choose to think at gmail.com. If you'd like to schedule your free 60 minute chat with me, take advantage of this service so that you can take back your emotions and feelings so that you can learn exactly how to take your thoughts captive so that you can live a life that you thought maybe was never possible. Let me tell you, you can find God's joy in your life. You can find his peace. He's given those things to you and he desires that his children walk in those ways to be fully whole and alive, healthy in all areas of your life. Health, wealth, or purpose, your faith and your relationships. Our thoughts have a lot to do with how we are actually operating in all four of those areas. And if you want to go over any of that with me so that you can live your optimal life, which I think starts with your optimal health, your optimal thought life, then please um, give me a call. And and why do we want to live an optimal life? Is it just so we can somehow be happy? No, of course not. It's so that we can serve others, so that we can step out in our God-given talents and gifts and shine a light for Christ. That's our motivation, so that others will, will be drawn to Christ because of our example. That's why we want to live our best thought life. The, the bonus is that we're a little happier along the way. And I mean, life is difficult. It's hard. It's challenging. And we're going to have moments of real grief and trial and hardship that goes without saying, but how we approach those and how we deal with those a lot of times has to do with our thoughts, I think, and how well we do that and how we get to the other side has to do with what we're telling ourselves along the way. So reach out if you, if you'd love to, to talk to me, I would absolutely love it. And there you have the four tips to overcome this type of faulty, the, trap or thinking called emotional reasoning. It's show self-control with your emotions instead of letting your emotions control yourself. Number two is experience the feeling instead of running from it. And this undergirds tip number one, doesn't it? And helps you to stay on top of that feeling. And number three, remove the sensations and emotions around an event and train your brain to look for objective facts and to respond to events without without emotion and feeling, but instead from a very kind of a neutral perspective. And then number four, talk to someone about your, about how you're feeling. And this includes praying to God. Now, what happens as a result of overcoming emotional reasoning? You won't be so emotionally driven for starters. You can learn to make decisions on facts not based on your feelings. You'll have a greater sense of calm and stability about your day. You'll be willing to take risks instead of cower back in fear. You'll stop self-sabotaging with your thoughts and you'll find that you are feeling much better. You'll no longer be prone to extreme mood shifts and swings, but rather you'll have a more natural cadence and softer rhythms. That's what will flavor your day. You'll recognize that God is conforming you into his image and that you are being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And this is a cause to rejoice. Don't you want that? Boy, I do. And especially on the pickleball court. Well, let me close out 
this episode with a prayer. And it's based on Philippians 4, 6, and 7, and Psalm 103, 8. Let's pray. Father, I pray that each listener will not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving that they will let their requests be known to you. I pray that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I pray that they will become more like you as you are compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love for themselves and for others. I pray they will be that. May the fruit of the Spirit well up in each listener, especially in the area of self-control. May every emotion and feeling they experience be brought to you to help them control the passions of their very soul. Give them discernment and wisdom to see the facts and not be led by their feelings. Let them only be led by your Spirit and by your Word. And may this usher into their lives greater peace and joy that only come through knowing you and trusting you to do these good works. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. And listen, if you like what you hear, would you leave us a one to two sentence review at Apple Podcasts, share the link with a friend, or tag me on your share on social media? It would mean the world to me and would help us to keep shining the light of Christ and sharing the good news to others who are in need of encouragement. Please visit us on our website at choosetothink.co. That's with the number two, choosetothink.co, to get on our monthly newsletter list. And if you need a guest speaker for your next women's retreat or church event, I'm your gal. Email me at choose to think at gmail.com. And that's with the number two, choose to think at gmail.com. Finally, I offer limited free mentoring sessions each month where you and I can chat to help you develop a strategy for your thoughts in any area of your life. I'm a certified life coach and I have something to share. Visit choose to think.co and click on mentoring for more details. Also, keep in mind that the messages on this show are for informational and educational purposes only. Please consult your medical doctor for all medical issues. Thank you again for tuning in. God bless you.